Hey there, this is Cole popping in with two quick announcements, the first of which is a reminder that our yearly charity stream, Duck Stream, is happening uh, this week as you're listening to this. So from uh, Friday, November the 20th through to the uh, nearest Sunday there, we're going to be live and streaming games to benefit the Transactive Gender Center in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Stick around and uh, watch that and uh, hopefully donate. If not, that's cool. You can enjoy the entertainment too uh, and watch us play games for a pretty cool cause. Uh, You can find more info about that on the website leading up to the event. Uh, Also, uh, because there are certain holidays coming up, I want to remind you of a really cool way that you can help out the network. That is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, where if you're going to be buying anything off of Amazon, you can use the appropriate link there and uh, go to our affiliate version of Amazon. It's the same store, doesn't cost you anything extra, and a a big portion of that goes to help us out. Uh, And boy, is that big. And boy, does that make a big difference. So uh, consider both those things, uh, the DuckStream event coming up and also duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. And I've taken up enough of your time, so let's get with the episode. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. As you know, the Healing Church is the fountainhead of blood healing. While I'm a simple hunter quite unfamiliar with the ins and outs of the institution, but I have heard that the holy medium of blood healing is venerated in the main cathedral, and that counselors of the old church reside in the high stratum of the cathedral ward. If you seek blood healing, and the church is willing, you should pay them a visit. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Allison Baker. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is a uh, a celestial favorite. Yes. And this like week... tea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A, a little bit of screamy time tea. Um, yeah. And this week, we are talking about the Upper Cathedral Ward, uh, the home of the choir. Um, and as you heard, we are joined by Allison Baker of legodarksouls.tumblr.com. Hey, Allison. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Listeners to this show will know Allison um, from just kind of various ways that she's kind of contributed um, art wise with her her Lego stuff. And then also from the fan art episode and also being really involved in the community and everything. Um, We're super happy to have you on, Allison. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yay. (laughs) Um, Can you uh, can you just say a little bit of how you um, like your relationship with Dark Souls or how you got into the series um, and then kind of what got you into uh, being kind of more active and doing this 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 art stuff that you do, which it, it'll be in the show notes and it's been in the show notes a, a dozen times. But if you've never seen it, you should definitely go to the site because the stuff Allison does is really cool. OK, yeah, um, I've always been a fan of all the Souls games. I started with Demon Souls. Um, I imported the Asian version to play it early. Mm. <laughs> um, I think I, I blame something awful for that. There was a lot of hype about it on there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've been playing them all since then. Um, as far as the fan art goes, I've always been a fan of Lego, like we discussed on the art episode. You know, Souls games are as good a thing as any to build Legos with. 
it's con- yeah. it's convenient that the, the convenient that there's all kinds of medieval stuff for Legos as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be hard if this were like, um, I don't know, like a you know a different type of game, like a Mario <laughs> type of game or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> there are no bricks in Mario. Yeah, there, well, there are no there are no <laughs> pipes in Lego. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, hopefully, God willing, someday. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're super happy to have you. I wouldn't, you know, we wanted to get you on the show for for a little while, um, and then uh, when we got out, you know, started at the beginning of the season, and kind of I touched base and and mentioned what areas we had open and stuff. And you uh, you mentioned this one. Is there a particular reason why you chose the uh, the Upper Cathedral Ward? Uh, not really. I just uh, I, I do like the area. Um, it's a cool little spot, and it's neat that it's like a hidden thing that you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorites. Um, like, I, I really like this area. Also, every time I read it, I think it's referring to a guy. Like, <laughs> Hello, I'm up at Cathedral Ward. Oh. <laughs> kind of like with my friend downtown Pete. Yeah, downtown Pete. Yeah. Um, yeah, and downtown Abbey and, and uh, Upper Cathedral Ward all get together. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because you're the first person uh, that I've heard who talked about importing a, uh, um, a copy of one of these games uh, ahead of time. I'm going to um, kind of project a little bit and ask... Was that a bewildering experience um, trying to play one of these already mysterious games um, in a language that uh, I'm I'm going to assume you're not familiar with? That is a that is a bad assumption, and if I'm incorrect, let me know. Um, well, that's the thing. The uh, Chinese version actually included an English option you could switch it to. Oh wow! Yeah, that's why it was so popular for people to import it. Okay, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. <laughs> right, and all the all the voice acting and stuff has always been in English for the Souls game. So okay, cool. If uh, if there wasn't that option, it would have been an interesting kind of uh, mirroring of the the story with Miyazaki mm-hmm. reading the game books, and only, right, you know having right. an imperfect uh, you know understanding of English and having that additional mystery, <laughs> like playing one of his games without a perfect understanding of the language. Yeah, would be kind of a neat little bookend to that. I think. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're super happy to have you on the on this area that uh, is one of the last ones we're going to the going to in the game and our, our campaign to put off finishing Chalice Dungeons for as long as we possibly can. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, listeners will be surprised. Uh, so yeah, uh, Cole, uh, what did we do last time? Well, previously we ventured into the nightmare of Mensis and slayed the infant grade one Mergo. Uh, and now we, uh, uh, since we have defeated one upper sect of the healing church, it's uh, it's time to turn toward the other. Mm-hmm. Yep, the other side of the coin um, with the uh, the upper kind of echelons of the church. So this is the area that is home to the choir, and uh, the choir is a sect of the healing church that Lawrence founded to continue the work that was going on in Bergenworth, um, except with the added twist of this blood communion. Um, which gave this kind of whole thing a, a gussied up version of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so the choir, um, their goals were to use these kind of artifacts, creatures, you know, mediums and, and such to make rights to actually make contact with the old ones and explore these outer reaches of the cosmos. Um, and actually, they they do it. So they <laughs> they, uh, they they grab their own great one, um, which we'll meet at mm-hmm. the end of this area. Yeah, um, boy, will we? <laughs> but yeah, so they, they you know they, these guys were successful in their way. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, more so it feels more, um, of their goals than the kind of monkey's paw version of this that Mikolash got, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I was thinking we, you know, 
we talked a lot about Mikolash on the show, and I'm down for another like 45 minute Mikolash throwdown if, you, if everybody else is. But the um, it just made me think like, oh, this is actually like this is more or less successful. Oh yeah, and know? it has been for a good long while. Yeah, yeah. I, I read. Um, I was reading some. I I did a little bit of research before this, and I, I was reading about um, kind of fan theories and stuff. And we'll we'll talk about it in the end game. But there's a fan theory about how this connects to the end game that's kind of interesting. Um, I don't necessarily ascribe to it, but it's something I hadn't thought of before. Mm -hmm. So again, once we eventually put off chalices for as long as we possibly can and do the last episode, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But I mean, this is also, so it's the source of the blood that they are using to, uh, you know, kind of minister, right? This communion that's happening, but it's also the source of a lot of the, uh, the, the personnel of the church. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a little bit of a silent hill angle where there is this kind of recruiting effort being done through orphanages and such trying to, uh, or, or just this orphanage, capital O orphanage, uh, to indoctrinate these children into the church. And we see this with, uh, with Adele, um, how some of these were kind of made into blood saints, people who were touched by the great ones and had their blood converted into a special kind of medium. Uh, we mm -hmm. also see this with Yosefka, um, and in a different non-church affiliated way with, uh, what's her name? Ariana. Yeah. 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 So this is, this is, uh, this is a really important area for being 100% optional <laughs> and, uh, really easy to, to miss. So for, for sure, because it's, it's kind of tucked away here, um, in a, in a place where we've been, but, uh, the, the you, you can forget that there's a locked door at the top of this tower. Cause um, you get the keys so late. You did. Like, I mean, yeah. So, so it's hours and hours and hours afterwards. Um, Allison, can you speak a little bit to like how you, you first discovered this or how you came across it? Because uh, you, when I was ready to beat the game and I was like, okay, I've done it and everything. I asked, you know, you had played more of it and I was like, hey, have I missed anything? And you actually clued me into this. So I had gotten the key, but just kind of forgot to do anything with it. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I, you know, obviously noticed the locked door when I first came through the hunter's workshop. And so it's that was always what you're saying. So you're, you're just making fun of me for, for <laughs> well, being a no, no, missing, right? <laughs> I, I don't mean to say it like that, but and I, I'm just uh, stuff like that just sticks in the back of my head. Like it's just like that door um, that everybody freaks out about in the going from the cathedral ward to the central mm -hmm. Yarnum where you fight the cleric beast. You know, everybody's like, how do you open this door? But mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm like, you know, locked door up there. I got to get in there somehow. And then. Um, you know, when you're playing through Yahar Ghul and you get to that part with all those witches, you know, you're thinking, where the hell is the bell maiden? I got to clear this place out and eventually you figure it out and you get down there and you find the key and put two and two together. <laughs> the, the, like the getting the key is really tricky because it, it's, it requires exploration in an area that is so uh, aggressive and so hostile to exploration. Right. Um, you know, with respawning era enemies and... You know, that amygdala just jamming lasers down your throat. Um, so it's just like even noticing this little little drop off thing feels like a really well hidden secret or really a well guarded secret, I guess. Yeah. And well, you through exploration, you can get down there um, to like the outside of that cage area where the key is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. you can see that, too, and be like, well, there's got to be a way around here somewhere to get down there. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It requires a certain amount of like spatial awareness of how these buildings are put together because it's not immediately obvious that the Amygdala Bridge is uh, um, kind of above and adjacent to that building. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
So um, that 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 is kind of a complication uh, for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this uh, but this uh, healing church workshop that we're going to is 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 pretty cool because I didn't really take notice of this when we went here before and found you know the the the, the old workshop and such. But like when you when you're headed upwards uh, in these rooms where you have the uh, the wheelchair gunners, uh, you actually can look up and see these uh, hunters' tools kind of chained to the ceiling. This is this is an armory that has kind of been raided for uh, mm. for the hunt. Yeah, I never noticed that before. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like you could grab those. <laughs> Get a step stool. Yeah, and hunt a step stool. <laughs> yeah. Hunt his little helper. Yes, me get and um, top shelf. Yes, and for the most powerful, powerful weapons, you have to get the celestial scissor lift. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. celestial drywall stilts. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. ooh, the beastly cherry picker. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, uh, this is just give the... us sky, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, something else that I that, that I love uh, about the Souls community—it's such a such a small thing. But whenever you find a room full of pots, um, there's going to there there's always going to be a bunch of notes that say something along the lines of "roll!" exclamation mark and try rolling. <laughs> yep, just the, the 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 unfettered glee that everybody takes in destroying all this stuff. It, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. The, the, my very first multiplayer experience in Dark Souls 1 was uh, I summoned a guy to help, and he was dressed exactly like me. And then we both went on a big roll party through the depths. <laughs> like, just, just rolled around destroying all the barrels where uh, Laurentius is. And, uh, but it was just, like, two guys doing the same. But it was unspoken. Like, we just saw each other, noticed that we shopped at the same store, and then, like, immediately had a roll party. It was great. <laughs> a, bo- a bowling party. Yeah, <laughs> went down for blacklight bowling, or as they called it in my hometown, disclo bowling. Oh, sure, cosmic bowling in my hometown. Ah, okay. okay. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, you you use this key, and the key description just kind of gives a lot of the, uh, the the background information that we gave um, on the uh, on the choir at the beginning here. But we are mm-hmm. getting one step closer uh, to the choir as we step out into this, you know, kind of, kind of walkway above the, uh, the cathedral ward and look up at a site that, uh, appears really familiar because from this angle, it looks like the approach to the nightmare of Mensis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And this is, um, you know, it's interesting that this is so close to the areas we've already been and it's kind of, uh, clever structurally to show us, you know, we literally just traverse dimensions <laughs> um, in order, you know, after, prior to this, but there's this area that is, uh, you know, been under our nose mm-hmm. the entire time. It's just really, really well hidden. Like we talked about that with the unseen village, the idea of this, um, like a secret city that, you know, people in Yarnum aren't really familiar with, like people are getting abducted there and they're like, but people don't actually, uh, it's not on any map. And this kind of has that same feeling to it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's been there the entire time. We just haven't, we haven't known Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, that that pays off really, really nicely in kind of the interstitial between uh, the two bosses here, uh, mm-hmm. where you get that little eco moment of looking down at a place you'd seen before. Yeah, very, 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 very specifically. But we'll talk about that um, in detail when we get to there. But as you step out, uh, this could be the first time you see uh, these little eraser head enemies, these <laughs> uh, celestial children. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um these things really upset me actually. This is one of the most um kind of creepy enemies to me. 
the the little maggot creatures. Yeah, yeah, you know the 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 baby old ones or the yeah. the, the, the failed baby old ones rather, just because. Uh, this has to be uh, like like a um, a purposeful invocation of Eraserhead, <laughs> that mm-hmm. you know that scene that is the embodiment of David Lynch's anxiety about you know birth and being a father and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, oh man, and just how helpless these things are as they kind of make some sounds and kind of like do pitiful little crawling attacks toward you, and the fact that there are so many of them and they're covered with what look like ears. Yeah, they're kind of uh, they're kind of like tentacle vagina ears Ugh. kind of things. Like I'm, I'm I looked up at like looking up a high res picture of them. They have a really gross like vertical mouth too mm-hmm. on the front of them. They're pretty disgusting. Yeah, they look to me like um like pinkies, like those little fetal rats that you can feed a pet snake if you're a guy in your town that owns a pet snake. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you're one of those guys, you you just go down to the pet store and get a six pack of pinkies for the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like one pinkies, please. Like, get to be that kind of creep. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that. They're, they're, they are really like they do have that uh, part of Lovecraftian terror at female anatomy mm-hmm. too. Because like at least the, the the picture I'm looking at the angle right here, it's it's very like yonic mm. um, in a way that is uh, you know feels intentional it, as it well. Pl- it plays the pan flute. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, of a sort. Okay. Uh, so, like, don't be so crass, Cole. Um, <laughs> and I am panickedly yeah. looking up what instrument Yanni played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I may I may be thinking of Zamfir. You're thinking of Zamfir. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh well. <laughs> but, but you're right if you express you know uh, expand your mind to be more disgusting than your intended. So. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, these things are kind of crawling all over and uh, kind of amidst the uh, um, amidst the chaos here, you also have these bodies that are obviously dead, but they are like kneeling or prostrated. They're basically pulling a Wayne's World, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And these, these uh, before we get off these little pinky guys, oh, yeah. um, they, they vomit on you to cause uh, frenzy. Mm-hmm. And people on, on Slack and stuff were talking about having a hard time with these things. I've never been hit by one. Oh, wow. Uh, so is that? Have you guys had trouble with with these at all? Um, I wouldn't say I've had trouble with them, but you know, if you, you enjoyed too, it. If, like if you, get, <laughs> if you get too close to them, they will try to attack you. But if when they're not attacking you, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they're always trying to crawl toward the clock tower. Mm. Oh, and like if they come across like a fence or something, they'll like it'll. It looks like they're almost trying to crawl up the fence. So a lot of times you'll just see them all just huddled against the fence, and if you look, it's always facing the clock tower no yeah i definitely didn't catch that i just thought they were kind of mindlessly grubbing around yeah huh huh i like that a lot actually i i I had no idea um they're they're like very poorly programmed rts units (laughs) (laughs) exactly um yeah yeah that's real that's real cool did cole did you ever have any problem with these guys kind of mechanically i never had a problem with them um because they're so low to the ground it's hard to attack them with a with a weapon kind of like the tonitrus that uh you only get that vertical attack with a uh with a, with a strong however mm-hmm. um you know you can just kind of run by them i've gotten frenzied by them just like running through a crowd because i didn't want to deal with them but they're so easy to avoid that they're almost just atmospheric in yeah a way. like a hazard yeah <clears throat> well they definitely would be if uh you know, if you lived here, like you just have to deal with these all the time, be like pigeons. <laughs> yep, it's like yeah. it's like the owls in Futurama. 
Yep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I didn't really have a problem with these. I, I really dig them from a lore standpoint because, and we'll talk about this in the final episode when we get to kind of where, where all of the, uh, umbilical cords are coming from. But since we're beyond the spoiler wall, like we assume when we see what happens with Ariana that, you know, this is okay. The one time it happened, this actually indicates that more people have suffered kind of the fate that the primary female NPCs that we interact with suffer. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like when in the notes, when you're talking about um, indoctrinating children, mm-hmm. it, I didn't really see it that way. I thought the orphanage was referring to these things. Hmm. Like that this was, you know, people were giving birth to these, you know, quote unquote children. Mm-hmm. And this is an orphanage for them. Yeah. Um, was the way that I kind of read that. Hmm. I don't know. I like I, I remember. So I think I need to I need to cite my source, but that's from an item description. Um, when we're when we're talking about uh, Adela, it's actually Adela's blood where they talk okay. about um, indoctrinating the children and making them into blood saints. But but like that also they're not mutually exclusive. Like they're, that they're, could also be the public story, exactly, or it could be both. Yeah, and this could this could also be how they're made into blood saints. Is they are kind of impregnated with these imperfect versions of these gods. Yeah, um, you know, just the, give birth to little. Yeah. You know, pinkies. Yeah, and and I and I love I love kind of that parallelism between them because when we're talking about Abriatus at the end of this, uh, she's an orphan too. Mm-hmm. She's been left behind. Yeah, tribulation forces. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just the the fact that this is kind of such a wide kind of plague indicates a level of systemic horror that yes. um, that even steps up above and beyond where we were at before. Yeah. Yeah, and they're laying it on real thick at this point, but it's it's effective. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So the other thing we run into on the kind of stairs here are these church attendants, um, <laughs> which is good to see these guys back. Yeah, um, you know I like this, these enemies, um, <laughs> but they have uh, kind of new attacks. Uh, they do like more magic attacks. Yeah, they used to have, and I, there aren't very many of them. I think you fight like three of them. Yeah, you know, the, the, in, in total, but there aren't very many of them. I never had a real problem with these guys either. No, uh, it's just their AOE and the fact that it's such a narrow place that uh, yeah. that, that kind of makes them a little bit tricky. Yeah, they, they still remain super easy to, to parry. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get up to this landing outside of the actual the building, which is, uh, again, just Yarnum loves its statuary. <laughs> um, so these are uh, these kind of shrouded figures hunched over and uh, they're actually carrying daggers, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something we have not seen before. I, so I, I don't quite know. I imagine we're going to see more of these in the de- in the deeper chalices. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, you know, like these jagged things. Like it looks a little bit like the shaman blade. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that is a if that is an unfounded connection or not. So, so as our our on air uh, chalice expert, or at least person who has done due diligence and completed the chalices, <laughs> Allison, can you can you say if these uh, these things show up? later on or is there any significant to the significance of these statues with the the daggers are they part of the chalice um i cannot say as to whether or not i've seen them in the chalice dungeons hmm. i don't i don't remember anything that i've seen in the chalice dungeons like i don't necessarily <laughs> blame you like it is they, they do have that problem it's a, it's a blur so <laughs> um, a blur of wrists and and you know, fetuses so. yeah it is it is a it is a dark hallway blur yep it is an endless hallway Mm. um yeah yeah mm. uh, that sounds cool the um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. um sorry you reminded me of house of leaves and i was like oh, oh, cool. oh well <laughs> <laughs> now i'm listening 
Mm. You rang. Yeah. <laughs> like a baby with keys. Because <laughs> <laughs> it leaves. <laughs> like, it's like, Paul gets fussy. You're just like, that's oh, bigger on the inside than the outside. Right? <laughs> just, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> like one of my favorite jokes in uh in uh in king of the hill peggy's trying like hank is uh reading a book and not really paying attention and then she just says propane and he looks mm-hmm. and goes hmm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is jokes from shows i've seen um <laughs> but um but yeah these new statues uh, uh unlike some of the other statues we've seen recently these have occluded eyes again yeah yeah so we're back to occluded eye land um <laughs> It's good. Um, there are there's another there's another one of these like kneeling bodies with a great lake rune, which we can pick up. And the, the, the celestial children are attracted to this or somehow connected because they're surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've we've dealt with their kind. Um, <laughs> so we just head up this uh, this walkway past that final guard and actually get into the orphanage itself. Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of confusion in ter- like in terms of which it, which of these buildings is the orphanage. I opted to call this building like this resident evil building the orphanage because the key that you get that is for the orphanage unlocks the front door of this yeah however i've i've seen the building with the lumen flower forest referred to as the uh as the orphanage as well so i want to uh, make that clear to the listener if we are if we have this backwards it's because it's a conscious choice no i, I think it totally makes sense yeah. it's the the key it's the orphanage key mm-hmm. it was the orphanage yeah like uh the lumen flower gardens is its own thing already mm-hmm that's the place where they grow lumen flowers. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's right there in the name. Um, <laughs> no, I, I always thought this was the orphanage too. It's also, it also looks like an orphanage. It's not like a, you know, it is like a Resident Evil is a good description. Like it's a, you know, building with lots of wood and, and hallways and stuff. Like it is not a, it's not built like a, a holy place necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of has that, that flavor to it of like a functional building. Yeah. Um, when you first get here, you get one of these, um, these little set piece things we get with the brain sucker sometimes where there's, a brain sucker huddled over this body that's wearing choir garb. And, uh, you know, so it's our first encounter with these guys. They're going to be around mm-hmm. in general. And the fact that they are, they're attacking or have had, have attacked a choir garb person kind of says a lot about the state of the, of the orphanage of this place. Like, it is, it is more or less abandoned mm-hmm. by, by staff, which is a cool, like, you know, we're coming to this after the disaster or after whatever, whatever has happened, like, all the members of the choir mm-hmm. we run into a couple of them throughout the game um you know one of them uh collecting intelligence on mensis and when we come here and see that this place is not crawling with choir people um it's kind of interesting because you think of that guy almost like in like deep cover mm-hmm. you know like he doesn't know he's collecting intelligence but doesn't know what's happened to his home base right you know which is kind of neat what do you think the disaster was that happened here um like maybe beast play getting out of hand yeah um, you know, because there's, we run into a lot of werewolves here mm-hmm. and that, that's my thought. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, so the, the idea that the, the, the upper members of the church are the ones who undergo the most, uh, the, 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 the most drastic transformations, or at least are more likely to do that. I also, I, I'm, I'm not that unfond of the idea that hunters came here and cleaned house. Yeah. Like that, sure. that also makes a little bit of sense for me, depending on how, how closely you think the, the, the mobs of hunters down there are to the, to, to the church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would, that would work too. And then the, the beast just kind of take up residence like a hermit crab. Mm-hmm. Also, know? like, I love the idea that these, uh, that these brain suckers are kind of attracted to this, like, uh, all those crazy predators are to like whale corpses. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause because these corpses have tons of insight. Oh Yeah. 
Like that's what that's what they want to eat. Mm-hmm. And these guys have been communing with great ones. It's like vitamins to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, this is this is like uh, uh I don't know. Chocolate covered bacon for my man cave, but for for, for brain suckers. <laughs> Chocolate covered bacon for my man. <laughs> uh, with with Coors Light Jack Dippin' sauce. Yeah, mm. exactly. Gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got this, and there's a there's a little bit of uh, um, exposition from the uh, from the chi- from the choir garb. There a little bit uh, together with the left behind great one. They look to the skies in search of astral signs that may lead them to the rediscovery of true greatness. Yeah, great job. <laughs> um, you yeah, did, did it. it. <laughs> like you, you succeeded. Um, this is we've we've fought brain suckers before, but not in this volume mm-hmm. before. They they show up a lot here, and they're more cleverly laid out here. And like this may be controversial, but I actually really like the combat in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And dealing with these these brain suckers, I, I like the the geography around where we fight them. Yeah, not so much this first one where you just kind of like, oh hello, you know, you just like <laughs> run into him. But yeah, I like fighting them here a lot. This is the only one you get the drop on. Yeah, and then other than that, they they kind of get the drop on you, and or you see them patrolling from a distance mm-hmm. in a way that echoes Latria directly, mm-hmm. um, which I really love. Yeah. Um... And this is kind of overtly a horror area. You know, I kind of have to. So so I invoke Resident Evil there earlier um, on purpose, because when you go down this long, dark hallway and you get to a dead end with a locked door, there is a dog bursting through the window. There's literally a jump scare. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did that get you, Allison? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I went, ah. And then, oh, <laughs> yes. well, well, um, you rang. Yeah, who's this? The uh, yeah, I that, that's uh, this werewolf got me as well. And uh, these werewolves are hard. Mm-hmm. They're harder than the other werewolves because um, these have blue eyes. Some yeah. some werewolves have blue eyes, and some <laughs> werewolves have red eyes. Um, sticking with the theme, yeah. yeah, that definitely got me. And that's the harder combat part for me, at least. Yeah. In this section. Yeah. Um, specifically, like when you get down uh, to that other set piece, when you are walking down the main, uh, the, the stairs in the main hall and your only source of light, uh, the chandelier that's in the center of the uh, center of the room falls and the area darkens as you see these blue eyes running up after you. Yeah. Well, this is a really concentrated set of like set pieces mm-hmm. for, for Bloodborne, like a lot of like little, you know, scripted tableaus you're walking into and actual active you know, half-life scares, like, you know, jump <laughs> environmental, the environment changing as you approach the kind the, of thing. The closest comparison I can think to make actually is Aldia's Keep. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty apt. Um, interesting. <clears throat> this, but, uh, this three werewolf thing, I have not been able to fight legitimately. I always have to cheese them with their, their chub that they can't get through doors. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Are, are, are either, did either of you guys like just champion this and, and do really well? Cause I just have to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the three hunter fight in uh in Yargul. It's like it's slightly less difficult, mm-hmm. but I still have to I still had to cheat my way through it. Yeah. Go ahead, Allison, because I don't have a very interesting answer to this. Yeah, I you know, playing by myself, I usually just back them up to the door where you first come into the main hall area and just get them from there. Um mm-hmm. Jeremy and I actually played co op through this area um a couple days ago in preparation for the show. And uh we were able to champion them together without hiding (laughs) (laughs) no that that's that's awesome because this is uh i don't understand like the person who just kind of solos this like a like 
like a beast out in the, on the actual floor is uh, <laughs> that's that's beyond me. Yeah. So the, the, they're difficult because they're incredibly aggressive like these wolfmen uh, are. And it's impossible for me. I've never not been stun locked by them. And mm-hmm. also the fact that there are these two uh, kind of walkways or these two stairways means that uh, one of them is going to run up and flank you almost 100% of the time. So I think this is actually kind of a flawed encounter in that way because when you're when you're pressed like this, you're going to want to run back to safety, right? Uh, especially when you get the sense that uh, um, everything is kind of coming from a bunch of different directions. So I'm going to go and try and funnel them into a place where I can attack them, and the hallway would be an easier way to do that, right? However, Mm. the fact that they can't run through the doors, like that's as far as their leash goes, means that it's incredibly likely that you're going to see this situation, and then that becomes the correct way to, to, to fight this. Yeah, you that have kind of to breaks. It. Yeah, that kind of just breaks a little bit of not the immersion. It's not oh my immersion, but like it just kind of like oh well, this this breaks the encounter. It's the same. It's the same thing with the triple hunter thing, mm-hmm. where like the way to do it is uh, boring. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not a very good fight. Then it's a cool set piece. Like I love the idea of these things coming. You know, I love the the chandelier dropping and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, it's just not that. It's not a fun fight. It's just kind <laughs> of uh, you know. And you could argue that it's kind of a puzzle to figure out to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like you said, once you do that, it just has one solution. Yeah. And, you know, in a game, like an area you're going to be playing through multiple times, <laughs> a game you're likely to be playing through multiple times, like something like that with the kind of one solution is not super satisfying. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it speaks more to general kind of Bloodborne mechanics. Yeah. You know, of like fighting multiple enemies at once you can you can do, but this strong and this late in the game is really difficult. Like these things just do so much damage. Uh, to you that it becomes kind of you know you can't afford to take very many hits yeah while you're fighting them so it ends up being and you know and again like uh, uh i could be wrong or not wrong it could just be me being bad at it mm-hmm. you know um but again you know we don't we don't take kindly to the get good explanation <laughs> of of uh souls souls born uh problems yeah. so yeah um something i like about this though is this is the first time we fought a wolf in a long time yeah it's kind of bringing us back again in another way mm-hmm so yeah, we're we're not we're not only coming back to an old area, but kind of coming back to like an old version of what we thought this game was about. Well, it's not just it's not an old version because everything else screams the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that this is the game saying that they're related. Okay. Like this is this is the game saying like these things exist, you know, you thought it was A, then it turns out it was B. Actually, it's A plus B. Mm-hmm. You know, some magical new thing. <laughs> Synthesis. C. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's you know, I think that's what kind of what the game is doing here. Yeah, um, it'd be weird if there were no beasts because we just that's what's you know just geographically mm-hmm. be weird because we were just downstairs and it's beast crazy. Well, they can't go through doors, so it'd actually be really easy to contain them. That 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 is true. Well, they come they came here as pups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were puppers, and then they they just grew up. Please never up. explain puppers. That's... No, no, it's, there's nothing to explain. <laughs> they they were pupper. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. The, the the stopper plate on this door is made of silver. Yeah, we get a bunch of um, ritual materials and really kind of high level ritual materials. Yep, which makes sense because the choir is doing rituals mm-hmm. all night long. Um, let's uh, talk about the two eye sucker or brain sucker. Uh, ooh, eye sucker. Um, brain sucker encounter thing with the hallways because I mentioned that I like it, but I want to talk just a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Um, so they're in the, these kind of twin hallways that flank the main hall and, uh, you see them at the end of the hallway, um, where, uh, you can see them before they can see you, but because 
distance cheesing isn't really an option in Bloodborne. That mm -hmm. works against you. Um, so that you might notice them first, but you have to get kind of close enough for them to notice you before you can do anything. And their distance attack is, you know, really frustrating. It's a, it's a hold, mm -hmm. you know, move. It paralyzes you. Um, so essentially you have to just kind of like trick them into going to the end of the hall or set it up, set up an ambush of your own. Mm -hmm. um, you can wait at one end of the hall for them to, to come close and then kind of patrol backwards. Um, we're playing thief for watch out for fireballs right now. And it's the same thing you do in thief, um, <laughs> you know, just to get the, the drop on them. Um, I ended, I ended up really liking it. The, also the way the hallways are laid out, um, there's kind of like obtrusions, um, at the end. So if they do fire their thing at you, you can actually kind of duck out from cover. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which is again, like anytime souls can be kind of cover based is really weird to me, but, but kind of neat. Yep. Um, I really like those encounters. They're some of my favorite combat encounters in the game actually. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, it's a weird enemy uh, because it's actually one of the few enemies that is uh, it benefits you to fight them in the open. Yeah, because in the hallway you don't really have a lot of roll latitude to uh, to uh, to avoid these things. So actually, I, I tried my best to lure them out into the hallways. Yeah, um, yeah, and so, they're 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 way easier to deal with down mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, I, I so I think fighting these guys is frustrating because uh, failing is way too easy. The, you know the fact that when they stun you there's a pretty good there's a pretty good um chance that they will come up and you know suck you and you know take you down if you're not at full health um but that is less about this place and more about that this enemy in general i think this is a really smart encounter design because they're actually kind of using this thing's behaviors and attacks with the space in a very kind of ingenious way that plays up what these things are mechanically about yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't like grab attacks in Bloodborne, mm -hmm. you know, because because of the regain system. Like, I feel like they're too punishing for that. So in general, I don't like that. But I feel like in this encounter, because of that environmental design, I felt more um, equipped to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can kind of use the the environment against them as well, and uh, and and kind of take cover. You've also seen them before, so it's not mm -hmm. just a shock. Yeah. Like the first time you run into these, it's like, oh, they grab me. Oh, they <laughs> suck out my insight. Um, and then the other thing that happened was. I used to be kind of bummed out by them. And then I realized like, oh, like, please take my insight. Like, take my insight. <laughs> please. please. Like, they're, like, there's no reason to have insight. Like, it's not mm -hmm. a resource in this game. It's a, yeah. you know, it's, it's a detriment. So <laughs> it ends up being slightly less punishing because of that. Right. I think. Yeah. And at this point, you have enough banked that if you want to summon, it's fine. Like, you're carrying yeah. enough, enough hard insight. Uh, yeah. Which... If, you, if, you're, if you're not swimming in, like, Madman's knowledge at this point, I don't know what. <laughs> what's going on because even my first play through the game i still had plenty you know <laughs> and and hard insight is the name of the of the news magazine program that i am yeah. uh yeah <laughs> that it, i'm it developing no with prisoners. cbs yep yeah it's uh those clowns in washington <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Those clowns in the choir you think they're gonna raise our blood taxes <laughs> 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 they call them leeches yeah yeah <laughs> those leeches in the choir yeah Ooh. taking our blood <laughs> i mean like like what do you think allison like uh, i think we're both generally praising this do you have like a like a dissenting opinion or are you, are you down yeah i mean I, I enjoy it they they're frustrating i think i get grabbed by every single one every time no matter how hard <laughs> i try to dodge them <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna have an, a certain amount of affection for anything that recalls latria mm-hmm like it just you know Latria's boss, and uh, you know it is is yeah. uh, you know I, I just like Latria. It's funny. So uh, this could just be that uh, that the designers really like those ideas, but for but for me, 
and you know and, and, and i assume for the rest of us like latry has become like the shorthand for a certain kind of design idea and they can just kind of like use that as like a leitmotif whenever they're trying to say hey this is something cool and awesome now well it's similar to how they've used the leitmotif of like blight town mm-hmm. you know or, or valley of development or rather where that's kind of been we kind of know what's going on when you get to one of those areas yeah um the uh but this is i prefer them to do this me too you know like if you're gonna if you're gonna draw on your past like draw on one of the strongest areas rather than one of the most frustrating areas you know mm-hmm. like i've come to enjoy my various blights town but like <laughs> i like i like that you know latria is, is a thousand times better yeah so um this item you get there's another item you find here this uh cosmic eye watcher badge which um like uh there i, I saw on twitter and and forgive me for not uh not remembering the name but somebody had made a custom like uh, their wife does like silversmithing hmm. and they make custom, you know, soul stuff. And this is the thing I would want. I think <laughs> if I were going to have like a, a piece of jewelry yeah. from the game, because um, I, I love the way this thing looks and kind of what it signifies. Like it's pretty rad. Yeah. I think the eye signifies the cosmos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And it lets you get the Rosemarius, which I've never used, but I've always liked that as an item mm-hmm. or Marinus. Like I, I, I think that's a cool like just misting holy water. <laughs> it's like a yeah. uh, sensor, right? Except yeah. it doesn't hang like a sensor would. But uh, this is it. Feel, it feels like a mobile version of what is posted up outside of these houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then it also gives you access to some upper uh, upper tier consumables: your sedatives, your uh, your beast blood pellets, and stuff. So this is uh, this is an important batch to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just I, I love that kind of the, the the epiphany that the choir had, and this is repeated several times here, is that uh, uh, the cosmos is above us, and you know only just above our heads. Like that was called into question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's another item you get down here. This uh, this blindfold cap. Um, that it's just a cap that has a blindfold on it for, you know, fashion souls or fashion born or whatever. But, um, there's kind of a really sweet thing in the, uh, in, in the item description, which we assume that, you know, after the split with Bergenworth and after, um, the, the, the church went off and became this other competing sect that there would be all this bad blood, pardon the pun between them. However, in the description, it says the eye covering indicates their debt to the teachings of Master Willem, even though their paths diverged. Mm-hmm. So, like, to, to to show that reverence despite their disagreement and despite the fact that, you know, the healing church went off to ruin the world um, alongside a bunch of other people who were trying to ruin the world. I don't know. That just seems sweet to me. Yeah. And also, if you there's a little string on the cap and if you pull it, it plays to serve with love. <laughs> um, about Willem, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was neat. Yeah, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a lot like Dead Poet Society. Oh yeah, the the entire thing. It's like <laughs> Dead Poet Society, um, you know, de- except uh, except with the Breeduses. Mm. Oh, vicar, you know? my vicar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, on the upper balcony, uh, you can go upstairs, and there are a couple of kind of similar brain sucker encounters. Uh, you get this uh, this orphanage key uh, that gives you just a little bit of uh, background, just that the orphanage was created by the Healing Church. Nothing too huge, uh, but this gets you uh, to two areas: one that is the critical path, and another that is kind of mystifying. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> this little area outside, which, like, again, you were talking about Silent Hill before like walking in because this is you know you walking out and seeing the statue staying there like 
in, um, I want to say lesser, not really lesser, but a game of a different genre. Like, oh, you'd turn around and when you turn back, this thing would move or something <laughs> like that. I kept I kept imagining like the plaster dolls from from Bioshock oh, yeah. or, or something like that with, with this thing. So there, there's this kind of a, a skeletal like statuary, you know, either a very well sculpted statue or just a posed corpse mm-hmm. um, standing on this balcony making the... Uh, what I want to have supplant the praise the sun uh, <laughs> gesture in fandom, the, uh, the make contact gesture. Yeah. Once you go up and talk to it, you kind of learn how to make this cool pose. Yeah. And there's a note that says uh, the sky and the cosmos are one. Um, and yeah. So this this ends up being very, uh, uh, again, back to the Lovecraft, but like almost like a like a 70s weird sci-fi kind mm-hmm. of version of that, too. Um, and, uh, the, the make contact gesture is basically just the, the praise, the sun, except slightly rotated. Tilted. Yep. Yeah. You're doing semaphore. Like one hand is at, uh, is at 12 and the other hand is at three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Having the praise, make contact or something that, that praises the cosmos be a skewed version of praise the sun, mm-hmm. which the sun obviously being a cosmic body is kind of interesting. Um, you know, that's something like, I mean, I don't, I'm too tired to go. <laughs> down any kind of real supposition thing but the idea of like moving from sun worship to worship of the cosmos is not a very mm-hmm. far jump yeah you know and it's just kind of like oh there's probably something there i don't know mm-hmm. it's mildly interesting yeah um i mean but... it, it's going from praising the thing that you can see every single day to something esoteric and beyond yeah. it yeah. yeah kind of yeah yeah Being pretty neat and i also love the way that the make contact gesture changes just from like a function of your arms getting tired <laughs> like we i don't know how much we talked about that during the episode where we talked about the, the brain of Mensis, but like it's very funny to me that everyone's doing this wrong and your arms get tired enough for you to do it right <laughs> I just, yeah. like, like, just like my arm is cramping and then oh shit like <laughs> i made contact like, <laughs> it's super good um i was kind of, i'm kind of disappointed there isn't more there aren't more things that react to this this gesture and i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to spending the dlc doing this to every significant <laughs> you know, location and statue did, did you fall down a hole trying to uh, make contact with a bunch of stuff allison uh a little bit uh <laughs> does does i know the doll reacts to a lot of gestures does she do anything for that i think she gives you the, like the quizzical look okay that she does like the hmm like she's only got a couple of set reactions like she'll clap or something but yeah she, she claps or she'll do the gesture back or she'll go huh <laughs> i think this one she goes huh <laughs> no. yeah but uh, again that sense of mystery the fact that there is one thing in the game that reacts to this all of a sudden makes this the new pendant yeah which didn't have one thing that reacted to it but continuing yeah in a game full <laughs> of pendants with the yarnum stone and the ring of betrothal like, <laughs> pendants the game <laughs> Um, but, uh, you have this and you can go and get that awesome, um, that awesome rune, uh, if you, if you so choose from the brand of Mensis, if you have been here so far, but the, uh, but the orphanage key opens up the, uh, the, the, the critical path, which gets you out the front door. Um, and you can open up this gate that gives you again, a a pretty good shortcut that lets you skip Mm -hmm. all of these brain suckers and, uh, continue into the upper floor of a very familiar building. Yeah. Yeah. The upper grand cathedral. We're here, and we're actually heading into like a, a boss fight or and or mini boss fight as we head into the uh, the Lumen Flower Garden. Um, you know, as we go here, we we fight one of these celestials on the way there. These goofy looking, uh, flabby headed guys, which we've seen before, and now there are a bunch um, hanging out. Um, what do you guys think is going on here? Because so previous to this, we we saw Yosefka uh, create these things via like surgical methods, right? Like there's a part in Yosefka's clinic. 
there's a person or there's one of these things on an operating table that still has a human hand. Like it's in partial transformation. Mm-hmm. And here it's like they grow from the ground. Yeah. Like I don't I don't really get I don't understand this um, unless it is just it's, you know, because we're really we're in close proximity to Abritus. The idea that Abritus's presence is changing the land around her mm-hmm. or somehow corrupting it makes a sense to me. But it's still weird to me that like the options are either be near a great one or like knock someone out and inject them with chemicals and stuff. <laughs> um, and I mean, the chemicals could come from these flowers or something like that. Like there could be, you know, something there, like some kind of connecting piece. But it, yeah. it just it strikes me as a very different way to create these goofy flabby headed guys <laughs> than we've seen previous. Yeah. So the idea that Yosefka is doing or imposter Yosefka is doing these experiments, you know, so far away from this kind of mm. kind of indicates a little uh, a little bit to me that she's going rogue um, and trying to uh, kind of establish her own way of making of getting closer to these great ones in the cosmos uh, that she's seen. I mm-hmm. think that the prime versions of these celestial emissaries are kind of color out of spacing from these uh, from these lumen flowers. Um, mm. you know, which kind of bear a little bit of a resemblance to the fluorescent flowers and stuff. And we know the, the, the connection between them and it's not beyond, you know, it's, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, uh, imposter Yosefka could have taken some of these flowers and kind of used this as a way to kind of make like hybrids or convert people like that, that, that seems to make sense to me. Yeah, what, do, what do you think, Allison? Did you, what did you have a theory on this? <laughs> Not really. It just seemed like, you know, nonsense. But <laughs> I, I never really got, like, you see those guys, like, in the forest a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously, Yosefka, fake Yosefka, will change anybody that you'd send there into mm-hmm. one of them. And then you got these guys who, I, I guess at first I thought they might have been the, just like what, like, the the choir people eventually became and just kind of wandered up here. But... I don't yeah, know. No, that, that's totally possible. Yeah. Like this is, you know, this might not have been a like named a garden by anybody in game because I don't think there are any item descriptions that refer to the Lumen Flower Garden, or at least that I I found in my you know research I I did. Um, and that might not be the case, but I don't remember seeing one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is possible that this is just literally, you know, imagine this: like the uh, the hunters are at the door, you know, um, and the the remaining human, and then you know the beast. Uh, stay there to guard and the remaining humans kind of retreat up here to the upper cathedral and uh and are kind of holed up and then this this force of abritus literally just kind of changes them oh shit you know into this place while they're <laughs> they're under siege mm-hmm. you know and that this actually are the members of the the choir it just this is what what happened to them after this kind of uh whatever happened to the orphanage mm-hmm. you know be it beast or hunters yeah I I dig that. I dig that a lot because I, I think I like that better than the idea of them kind of growing out of the ground <laughs> a, a yeah, little bit. It, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of weird. And like, it's not, they don't just come out of nowhere. Like, they, like the Celestials have been established to have been like a person, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a, you, you need, you need an egg to make an omelet. Like, it's not like they've come fully formed out of a Denny's, you know, like it's, it's. <laughs> It is. Uh, so it, it just seems like, yeah, it, it seems like uh, something something happened. And I, I like I like Allison's idea. I like the idea that this is actually the members of the choir mm-hmm. and this is their their sad fate because it's a big organization, you yeah. know, and like men, the school of Mensis, like we see what happened to those guys. They're mm-hmm. all skeleton cage heads, <laughs> you know, like that. But and we see dozens, like scores of them, you know, like that was actually an organization. And we see evidence of it. 
um, here, you know, and we see what happened to the the students at Bergenworth. Like part of their school got teleported to the Dream Dimension. They turned into Goopy students. We never yep. see like a lot of choir except yeah. for this. Like I think that I think that that is probably what's going on here. Even if my specific like, you know, being holding being holed up too close to a great one mm-hmm. thing isn't accurate. I think that's probably in some way are, are the choir. Yeah, I think the only thing that kind of like throws us throws out some chaff on that is the fact that this boss is called mm-hmm. the Celestial Emissary. Mm -hmm. break for music. Um, because, uh, you know, if they are a subspace emissary, who are they an emissary to? Are they from somewhere else to us or from us to something else? I think like, they're from us to some to them. Yeah, j- just because this place is kind of like trying to ascend. Yeah, like that that's the kind of thesis of this place. Like yeah. that's the idea is like we can make contact. And I like to think that this is, you know, try like I almost think of when I think of the Celestial Emissary, I think of them trying to communicate better with Abritus and doing these kind of homebrew homemade great ones yeah. you know because that, that keeps happening in the game mm-hmm. people trying to make gods and kind of fucking it up or making these weird imperfect gods and uh every one we run into is a bumbling idiot <laughs> and uh you know it's either you know the the brain of mensis which i mean it wasn't strictly made but like is is you know they called it and it's it's bad you know yeah. or, or rom you know which we've already talked about rom a lot and then this doofus yeah you know so but yeah let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about it as a fight let's talk yeah. about the boss fight yeah, so this is kind of akin, if you listen to the Dark Souls 2 season, uh, to the uh, Royal Rat Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yes. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. going to correct you to authority, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vanguard's what we're looking for. Um, yeah, so it's a bunch of little Celestials you fight for a little while until eventually um, one of them gets huge. So it just, just grows up into a big, yeah. big dwarfist. It got picked on a lot in high school, got to college, decided to, 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 get to, to transform. It's the yep. man out of yep. big lash. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um, you're fighting a lot of these, and uh, uh, I couldn't confirm where they were coming from, but they kind of seem to uh, be spawning back into existence. You're trying to find the correct one to kill. Only one of these is the boss. Uh, yeah. is 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 the emissary and once you find him by attacking and seeing that the that the health bar responds to that then you want to kind of focus your efforts yeah until eventually it turns it you know gets its scale set up and then eventually it'll grow tentacles and become the uh the tentacled variety mm-hmm. i've seen before um, i think i think this is widely considered like kind of along with Mikol ash to be the easiest fight the two easiest fights in the game mm-hmm. is that was that you guys experience has anyone ever had like a lot of trouble with this yeah i don't think i ever died to it yeah, it's 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 pretty easy. Um, yeah. A lot of it just being the arena, like you can always run away, <laughs> you know, and you can you can you can get them to chase you up onto a ledge and then jump off and run back up the stairs. Like you can kite these things for days. Yeah, like they'll they'll never get you. I I died I died uh, um, on this most recent playthrough just because I got overconfident. Mm. And I wasn't keeping track of the crowd, but like that is that that is the bigger thing. Like the the actual emissary when he gets when he gets big, he uh, he, he telegraphs his uh, his his attacks from just miles away. So like yeah. even if he does land on one of those, uh, it's going to do a lot of damage. But it just <laughs> there's no excuse to be hit by it. Yeah, and the magic attack will do a lot of damage. Like mm-hmm. it could theoretically, you know, one shot you are close, but there's just so much cover. Mm-hmm. You know, there are pillars everywhere. 
Um, but I end up really liking this fight because of how goofy it is. <laughs> like, it's so silly. It seems unthreatening. Yeah. Like, you know, and it does that, like, that Soulsborne thing of, like, enemies that are not afraid to be goofy. <laughs> you know, it's like a whole zone full of those Chaos Eater things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I dig it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for, for some reason, this kind of invokes Pinwheel for me. Even though you don't have oh, yeah. a... You don't have a um, uh, the imposter kind of thing uh like with the false idol uh just it feels like that for some reason maybe because it is so easy and because it's just like a gimmick fight but yeah. um that's the closest comparison i can find outside of you know the vanguard and, and and to my mind there's no it's not an accident that this is so easy because the next thing that's coming is one of the hardest <laughs> fights in the game so yep. you know i if if not the hardest one in the main game mm-hmm. you know i i would probably argue yeah um yeah. So after you beat him, you get this communion room rune, um, which you know kind of links these these celestials, whatever's going on with the blood. And there's a lamp, and that could be it. Um, again, <laughs> this is a hidden area within a hidden area. Um, but there's a window behind that you can smash open mm-hmm. and head into this new area. Yeah, it's a little bit like the uh, the the chest with the false wall behind the false wall. Yeah, uh, yeah that gets you to the great hollow. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, but you break this wall and you go out into a familiar place. This is the uh, the kind of eco thing that I referred to before, where you you know just kind of see a familiar place from a different angle. You are actually above where you fought Vicar Amelia. You can look down and see uh, kind of the the, the skull that I'm going to fuck this up. That's Lawrence, right? Yeah. Okay. You can you look down and see Lawrence's skull. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and you can actually find the uh, the most powerful kind of sorcery in the game, um, a call beyond. Um, which uh, it has a good description um, where it says, uh, long ago, the healing church used phantasm to reach a lofty plane of darkness, but failed to make contact with the outer reaches of the cosmos. The right failed to achieve its intended purpose, but instead created a small exploding star. (laughs) Now a powerful part of the choir's arsenal at times. Failure is the mother of invention. (laughs) I love that. So yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, Again, so the phantasms, those are those slug like beings. Uh, that we mm. found, like, in order to use the auger of Abritus, you have to kind of crush one of those uh, one of those slug shells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the way it manifests here. And this thing looks like one of the fluorescent flowers, just a miniature form. So the fact that you're using these things as a medium to harness uh, a power from something else mm-hmm. is uh, is is tremendous. I love that they are kind of keeping with that theme. That everything, mm-hmm. instead of just being a catalyst, is like a relic. Even the the old hunter's bone, you know, that is a, that is a hunter's bone that is a medium that kind of lets you go in and out of these pocket dimensions. Yeah, yeah, and that that's such a cool blending of like the cosmic stuff with church stuff, mm-hmm. because you know, like in the the dark ages and 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 even to a degree today, like relics were such a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'd have people walking around like selling finger bones that they said belonged to Saint whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's such a that's a thing. Like the idea of these objects or physical remains of of holy people having power mm-hmm. is something that's rooted really heavily in the real world yeah and uh and that, that's super cool yeah mm-hmm. but towards um, the- requires 65 arcane so you'll never use it <laughs> <laughs> right. so yeah good luck this is a fun thing you get to see enemies use on you <laughs> yeah that enemies can just use uh endlessly yep yeah so it helps them more than it helps you yeah <laughs> but towards the end of this uh towards the end of this room there's a, a couple of celestials in an elevator which leads down to this subterranean room uh beneath the great the great cathedral which i love a that we're above this it's a little bit of that uh the, the duke's archive above in orlando like this is the highest place we've seen so far 
Um, and that's pretty cool. This feels like our goal, but there is something even higher that kind of, uh, indicates that there's more beyond it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the, the, uh, the idea of, um, you know, you think you're maybe going down to a familiar place, like it's a, a shortcut, <laughs> you just keep going down. And then what we find down here at this, this altar of despair, after we fight a couple more, you know, celestials, uh, is, uh, I love the man, like a, a church that has a great one buried in the basement or trapped in the basement. <laughs> um, and like, and we, we can talk about, uh, Abritas and what we think, you know, if Abritas is trapped or, or just abandoned or what's going on, what, uh, what her motivations are, but yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of this like very, you know, beautiful kind of Gothic cathedral that has this secret in the basement. Yeah. Um, that you have to go through this circuitous route to get to. I really like that. So I don't know. I, I want to get your, I want to get your opinion, uh, both of you on this. Is this an elevator into a kind of a, like a surface or higher part of the, uh, of the labyrinth? Oh, you mean the altar of despair? Is that, does that exist in the, um, yeah. Is, is this a part of the Thumerian labyrinth and they, they decided to build the chapel where it was, um, in order to get good access to it. Awesome. What do you, what do you think? I'll let you field that, that one first while I think about it. Um, I, I was thinking that it, it might be part of the, like the, yeah, the chalice stuff because the, uh, not to get too far ahead, but when you kill her, she drops the great is chalice. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to mm -hmm. pronounce that, but the description of that says that it, it allowed the choir to have audience with the Breedus. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that got them in, into, uh, you know, got them to a Breedus kind of one way or another. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of of like two minds of it on it because like the idea of them literally kind of, uh, trapping her mm -hmm. there or bringing, you know, they've, they made, they had audience, like they, they contacted her, um, you know, makes a lot of sense to me, uh, you know, kind of creating this, this room of the church and this not being part of the, the labyrinth mm -hmm. at the same time, like there's nothing to stop them from literally just like dynamiting a wall or something mm -hmm. and cutting off part of the labyrinth. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit, there's a little bit of kind of a, a wrench thrown in it by the fact that you run into her in the chalices Yeah, too. So like, I mean, but I can't justify that with anything. No, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't have any ROMs? good reason why they're, yeah. Why they're, there are two ROMs. Yeah. Other, other than dreamy weeminess or, um, oh or reusey booziness, copy pastiness, copy pastiness. Like the fact yeah. that you're doing rituals, like, are you going back and forth in time? Are you in yeah. another, it just, they're, yeah. they're, they're playing real fast and loose with it. And if we are to assume that this is the canonical Libritus who they're harvesting the blood from, who is kind of the source of these celestials and, you know, who is kind of pouting and, worshiping over this other failed god mm -hmm. um makes me makes me think that they didn't so much like capture her and move her but kind of like locate where she was naturally and build uh, you know build everything on top of and around her well the, the other option other than like either trapping her through like cask of amontilladoing her or you know bringing her somewhere is that she came willingly mm. like the, you know she communed with them yeah. You know, and she's, she does, she's definitely in a, an area where she is, you know, can't get out and it is called the altar of despair, mm -hmm. which sounds sad. Yeah. Um, you know, but <laughs> there's also this idea, like we don't actually know what a Britis's motivation, motivations are. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that she's coming willingly. Like we know previously we've established that like the great ones are sympathetic to humans. Yeah. You know, like they are not inherently antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it's possible that she, you know, this is where she wants to be. 
Um, and the fact that she's kind of facing and almost kind of mourning over this this romlet that you're there, <laughs> like, and you can't make a romlet without cracking a few eggs. Like, <laughs> it is, um, the fact that she's having a Denny's romlet um, <laughs> when we find her, like it almost like there's there's like an element of mourning to it mm-hmm. that is kind of weird, which makes me like I don't know what actually could have happened, but it's interesting to think about. Like it, you know, they, they've been trying to make great ones. Like that's possible. Like maybe they did, mm-hmm. or maybe this you know great one was some kind of uh, you know it could almost have been like maybe it was a child. Mm-hmm. Of you know, because that's every great one loses their child. Yeah, like that's a thing. Like maybe that's what happened. Yeah, with this, and that's and that's how they got. You know, that's a yeah, yeah. So. Um, we had a we had a letter written in uh, from uh, from Michael who kind of was drawing our attention to something in the Pale Blood Hunt, uh, which is kind of referring to the idea that um, that Sensibritus is the daughter of the cosmos and not the cosmos itself. Uh, that she could actually be um, a different version of Rom, essentially. That mm. this is maybe a Thumerian that ascended, and she is still a failed god, but um, but but one that is kind of more powerful, more successful. Um, that isn't entirely clean because that doesn't um, explain the uh, the the Moon Lake or whatever. Um, but uh, but but that is another kind of idea of the provenance. Uh, that kind of also contradicts the idea of Abritus being a left behind, um, and then also being you know the orphan here who is kind of cut off um, from the cosmos. Oh man, calling her the orphan! Like, what if that's the reason why the building is called the orphanage? Yep. Like they're taking care of one child, mm-hmm. and it's Abritus. Like, yeah. Again, it works on a lot of levels. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer for it, but there's a mm-hmm. lot to chew on. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I also would be willing to accept that just Daughter of the Cosmos sounds amazingly badass. Yeah. I mean, it was an <laughs> like, okay show on Adult Swim, but I'm happy that H. John Benjamin, you know, was freed up for other projects. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I would, man, if I ever if I ever have a child and have a girl, uh, <laughs> and then that girl forms a band, um, there's a lot of ifs here, but like, I'm going to revisit a lot of Bloodborne stuff, <laughs> but I encourage that, that little girl to come up with band stuff, and then she'll just like, fuck you, dad, and like, you know, that make weird new music. Like I'm just, I just play vape wave and then, you know, like, jam out a bunch of vape wave tunes. So. Vape wave. Yeah. Beep the vibe. Vape wave. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I think that she might be the orphan or one of the orphans or, uh, just the, this, this idea that there are children who are cut off from their parents, um, at all levels you know, mm-hmm. cosmic and otherwise. And the fact that so much of Bloodborne is about kind of the creation of life <laughs> in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, and we, you know, much like we are seeing different, different cultures react to, you know, the blood where we are seeing, you know, different beings kind of react to the idea of how do you propagate the species? They are not hostile to us inherently because we become a part of their life cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Like, yeah, it's a lot to chew on. Like, this area is not very direct as far as what's going on, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, things that kind of fire the imagination and get you thinking, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the fight? Let's do it. Abriatus. Yeah, Allison, you, you start. You know, what uh, what uh, tell us about your Abritus experience? Um, well, first of all, um, fuck that uh, <laughs> char- charge move that she does. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I had some trouble with this boss at first. Uh, I think the first time I finally was able to beat it, uh, I might have been affected by that glitch that was originally in the game where the boss's AI just freaked out. <laughs> yeah, the memory leak. Yeah. <laughs> Which everybody talks about that now like it was a gas leak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm sorry I said that stuff. We had that gas leak and, uh, man. <laughs> A breach is under the effect of the memory leak is really great because she just bangs her head against the ground. Which, like, when I first saw her, like, I definitely, I, it did recall Romness to me because she was an idiot. Like, she's like, buh, buh, buh. You know, just like continuously smashing her head against the ground. Mm -hmm. And, and it was kind of effective. Like, I was just like, oh man, this is like when you see in, you know, old timey sanitariums and or nine inch nails videos where they show like you know <laughs> that guy with the the you know the braces on his cheeks just you know shaking and banging his head against something mm -hmm. you know that that's what i thought of but then i fought him fought her later and i was like oh okay she's yeah. actually super intelligent and canny mm -hmm. yeah but uh <laughs> should we talk about that charge attack that allison had a problem with and yeah. that everybody had a problem with <laughs> It's uh, it's really frustrating. Um, the uh, because and I figured out like I looked online to figure out what happened. Like so, she charges you. Um, so keeping distance from her, you want to stay kind of close to middle, mm -hmm. um, if you can. Because if you stay too far away, she has this charge attack. And the issue is that she consists of two different hitboxes, um, and it's very easy to get hit by both. So um, either one of them will do like seventy or eighty percent of your health because it's a late game Bloodborne boss. But it's really easy just to get one shot. Like that's, you know, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't tell you how many times I died just getting one shot by that charge. <laughs> um, you know, if you if you're not and weirdly enough, um, the strategy is actually you don't want to be near the side because if you're near the side is if you're like trying to dodge, you're more likely to get hit by both. Mm -hmm. If you stay directly center, you'll only get hit by your center hitbox, which does less damage. Hmm. Um, which is really counterintuitive and kind of dumb. Yeah, it's like but if you're about to hit a deer, you have to speed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just make sure it hits the direct middle of your hood. <laughs> um, you know, but it's a uh, yeah. So that's that's the charge attack, and that's the only real thing I have a problem with in the fight. But it was <laughs> enough to make it frustrating and kind of bullshit. Yeah, you know, yeah, for you, me, you can be doing great for eighty percent of the fight, and then just she busts <laughs> one of those out, and you're just like, fuck. Yeah, just one one charge. You know, everything else that she does is fair and feels dodgeable. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, even her like her big magic attack, which like historically has been kind of a pain in the ass from these creatures mm -hmm. um is really manageable yeah it's just this charge it's so fast mm -hmm. like and i get like what they're trying to do with this this big ponderous thing that you don't think is going to be able to move really fast and can mm -hmm. like i like that but boy it shouldn't have done that much damage like it's just a numbers thing but it ends up being really frustrating like i don't really like getting you know i don't really like getting uh, uh one shot in games in general yeah but i, I really don't like it in souls games where like you know, it's not really the point, I feel like. No. You know, it's not I want to be the guy. Yeah. I mean, like like one shot stuff, it's so hard to learn from that. Like you just get so few bites at the apple. There's so many there's so much of... time between your attempts to learn. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So I mean this is this is a really easy boss run up. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not that's not the problem. It's just loading and resupplying and going and farming for vials and shit. Like it can be, you know, twenty minutes between your next chance at it and for it just to like be over right away. Mm -hmm. Because of luck of the dice, that's a real bummer. Yeah, I mean, so yes, that 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 is down to the theme. Like this is among the bigger bosses we've fought. I'm going through a list in my head. Might be physically the biggest outside of Rom. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the fact that it kind of cuts this weird footprint uh, with her kind of tentacles and stuff like that. Uh, it's very much kind of like trying to navigate around Seath uh, from Dark Souls, not to be compares uh, uh, every game in the series to every other game in the series guy, but um, that's kind of what this, what this invokes uh, for me. And she does have phases, right? Like uh, she starts using a call beyond and uh, kind of starts using these lasers that uh, that build up frenzy. Um, kind of, she acts as a greatest hit, a greatest hits um, reel of all of the kind of kin attacks that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should probably describe how she looks and what she is for mm-hmm. anybody who's playing the game vicariously through listening to us. Yeah, um, her design is great. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. her face. So she's like a k- kind of Cthulhu esque. Uh, if you if you if you crossed Cthulhu with a fly, yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, her face instead of having you know like cheeks and a nose and stuff, it's actually kind of these two um, undulating plates that are covered with uh, kind of these fungal kind of tentacle outgrowth kind of things. Um, she it's kind of like a scrotum face if the scrotum opened up to show a bunch of skull workings behind it. <laughs> You mean like a scrotum? Yeah, like a exactly. Scrotum. Okay. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like your, like scrotums tend to be. Like, like yeah, like what I got rocking down in my down front. Like, I understand. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I got a skull portal down, down in my business. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just, every time I go pee, it's just like a bunch of messengers, like, <laughs> yep. reaching up to offer me firebombs. I'm just yep. like, calm down, boys. I'm just visiting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just wanted to say hello. Just wanted to say hello. How's. <laughs> like. Yeah. Nobody, uh, if I die, uh, I sense I won't be here anymore. Anybody who's listening who wants to open up my scrotum to see if there are actually skulls on it, you can. But I'd encourage, I just want to say, in the interest of saving you time and discomfort, <laughs> and my mother discomfort, probably, um, <laughs> please don't, because there's nothing in there. <laughs> I thought we already talked about this, Gary. <laughs> Whoever dies first, the skull goes to the other one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you if you're rocking an extra skull, that that kind of that kind of messes with the contract. It, it does bonus skulls. I figure you probably got some skulls like inside your body. Like, oh yeah, there's there's no way. Like, you take a take a like take a look at Cole Ross, and there's no way you know you look at a man like that, and you're like, there's a man has some kind of vanishing twin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't. I was I almost backed out of that because I but I, then I realized like I don't actually know what that implies about you. <laughs> I was gonna like, what say, does a vanishing like, twin look like? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Just that, that that looks a guy. You know what? That looks like a guy who has a tumor that has some teeth in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, oh man. On the on the playground, they called me Teratoma Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Teratomi. <laughs> yeah but uh no i i thaddeus ventured my uh my my twin brother toll um (laughs) pay that all (laughs) shut up you (laughs) but her uh so uh segue 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 uh abritus um her uh, uh her face is super unsettling and her body um is kind of this mess of wings and tentacles um hanging off of this mm, core that is pretty much uh simultaneously skinny and sinewy and also bulbous mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't like entirely unrecall the um little leeches that we've seen so far the little little maggot kind of creatures mm-hmm. as far as the general body shape yeah so like i mean she's kind of got that um sideways l 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like a worm-like nest just with more legs and, and tentacles and the like. Yeah. And there's also, again, just throwing in that Lovecraftian, you know, uh, uh, fear, fear of of lady anatomy mm-hmm. thing is that she is just a big vertical aperture yeah. on her front. You know, like in, in that way, she's very much uh, of a piece yeah. with craft stuff. Yeah. Um, also, the design kind of invokes the Garden of Eyes from Bergenworth. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. But um, thematically super good. Um, I was not able to beat her for the uh, for the show this time, uh, just because of a uh, just because of a uh, time issue kind of thing. Like I tried for about an hour, um, and I'd beaten her before under the memory leak, uh, and I'm not looking forward to having to beat her in the uh, in the chalices to to proceed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this boss is super super hard. Yeah. Um. You know, mostly because of that charge. And I know the thing with chalices, I haven't fought her yet in the chalice, but like the thing with chalices is like, oh, here's a worse arena. And I'm worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, like getting to her. Like you fought her in the chalices, right, Allison? I'm trying to remember. I don't think she's part of the like the progression to like get to the, you know, uh, like the main boss of the chalices. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because you don't ever actually have to go to the is chalice. Is that? Oh, hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I, I am. I am misunderstood somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like our our knowledge on like, if anyone wanted to be mad about it, you could be mad about it. Um, our knowledge on chalice stuff is still really underformed. Yeah. So, because yeah, I mean, we still need to to do them. <laughs> you know. So I don't have I don't have a a great idea of it. But I'm watching. Um. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I'm watching a, a video now of uh, her in the chalice dungeon. And uh, it's just a big round arena, but it is significantly smaller yeah. than the, uh, the the main one. So I could see it being harder. Yeah, that, um, that, that's one way in which this fight is pretty generous. Like the Altar yeah. of Despair is uh, is gigantic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I find this attack really hard. You can, um, if, or this this fight, if you, um, you can target her head separately. Yes. And if you uh, hit that, the, the run I'm using for, for the show right now is a, a strength build that uses the cannon a lot. And uh, the cannon with uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 dust that you can the bone dust mm-hmm. um, can do a significant damage and also stagger her. Oh, so you can um, get so up and do a visceral. Yeah, you can get up and do visceral attacks. But like, I watched somebody uh, online, like one of those just guide things where someone's like, "Here's how to beat a Breedus. and they were doing so much damage mm-hmm. to her that I have no idea how they were doing it. Like, I just don't do that much of damage that much damage with my weapons, and the upgrade material economy discourages me from having like more than one strong backup weapon yeah you know i don't want to grind to do you know to get the weapons that are perfect for each boss mm-hmm. uh, for that but i just i do still little damage to her like that's the other thing is it just ends up being a clock where there's more of a chance for her to do that charge that <laughs> ends up being unlucky with so yeah i find this fight super super hard yeah uh, beautiful thematically great you know but really really hard yep. in kind of a nonsense way yep but when you beat her, you get the chalice for uh, for lost eyes. This is this is not a uh, um, critical path boss like this entire area is optional, um, mm-hmm. getting you into um, either the deepest chalices or this uh, uh, differently themed, more difficult version of the chalices uh, that mm-hmm. uh, that kind of uh, has a closer link to uh, to the kin than the other ones did. Um, supposedly eyes is uh, where they where they found abritus or at least this current version found them or maybe the thumerians found found her there too i don't know yeah um, i don't know uh kind of a a, a a little addendum to this the altar of despair 
um, this dead ROM-like figure you can go up to. If you have the queenly flesh from mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, what's her name, Annalise from the Vile Bloods, you can you can deposit this here, and she will uh, revive. This is where you can turn back time for yeah. this uh, for this one particular creature. That's really interesting because she doesn't just revive. It's not uh, magical or cosmic. What mm-hmm. revives her? It is literally time travel. Yeah, it resets her body to an earlier state. Mm-hmm. What a weird one-off detail thing in this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no other reference to anything doing that that I can find. Um, I don't know why that's the case, and that's part of the reason why I'm you know don't feel 100 unconfident in thinking that the old hunters are literally going to be the old, you know, there's going to be some kind of time travel element to that. Yeah. Um, just because there's, there's time travel in the game, but mm-hmm. that's just, it's really weird. Like when I first did that, like one, like, why is that here? <laughs> uh, you know, what, why, why can you do that here? Do you guys have ideas on that? Cause it felt arbitrary to me in multiple senses, like any detail that's not corroborated anywhere else in the game is weird. Um, and the fact that you bring this character from, you know, from Kanehurst here in order to make her body time travel like it just that's just the whole thing struck me as very strange i think just like in metal gear if there's a question you have the answer is always nano machines it's, uh, <laughs> for, for this it's just great ones <laughs> great one, like the great ones in it yeah great, great great ones in blood like all that i can think of is that annalise has progressed so far along this uh this kind of path um, if you're assuming that Annalise, the, that what you encounter is the real Annalise and not a uh, not a imposter um, or not a, a different version of Yarnum or something like that, they're mm-hmm. like I, I've you know we, we have listeners who have posited uh, you know theses along that way. But if if you assume that she is the vile blood queen, the actual one who has ascended up this path and you know become immortal right in this way, there's something about the way her blood interacts with the remains or presence of a uh, great one that kind of breaks the rules of the universe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just for this one particular person, that is the way that her, one of the ways in which her immort- immortality manifests. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like that's all fine too. It's just weird that it's not corroborated anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like usually when you see a reference to something breaking the rules like that, there'll be at least one other reference to it. Yeah. You know, or one other thing that, that makes sense. So just when that message popped up and it's like the time, you know, hands of time, it made me think that maybe it was one of those lost in translation things. Oh Yeah. Like yeah, that like that message might be different in a, with a better translation, mm-hmm. um, in a way that does not explicitly imply time travel. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know I'll have to look that up because people are kind of now doing the the translation thing. Um, there's a guy on YouTube I want to give a shout out to who's been doing these. Um, uh, and I'll put the link in the show notes because I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he does um like Bloodborne areas close up. Um, he's a Reddit guy and he just kind of goes through these areas and spends an hour, like the same amount of time we spend on the area, but just like talking about like close up images of the enemies, like talking about details on their clothing and stuff. Hmm. Like in some way it's, it's, it's less broad than what we do or it's, you know, and in some way it's more close up and some way it's less, mm-hmm. uh, but the focus is different and it makes kind of an excellent uh, companion to kind of what we're doing. I think oh, wow. if, uh, if we, if I had discovered him during the beginning of the season, I would have tried to get him on the show cause he's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember his name, so that's great. <laughs> but the, <laughs> Yeah, like he's doing really good work. Yeah. And uh, so I, I should, he would be, be, you know, a good person to ask about that translation thing because when there are messages in these areas, he's been, you know, finding translations oh, wow. for them. So, um, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Everybody should check him out. Um, yeah. And maybe someday we'll get him on the show for, for Dark Souls 3 or something like that if he's if he's interested. Yeah, I'm down. Um, yeah. 
Cool. So. But that's the area, I think. Yeah, there's, that's kind of it, yeah. There, there, there's, there's not really much more to say. Do we have any kind of like final judgments on this? Um, any any wrap-up thoughts, Allison? Um, just, I, I really enjoy the area. I mean, as, as much as people complain about the Abritus boss fight, I do like it. Um, Jeremy and I were able to beat her in pretty quick order when we were playing, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It's a short area. It's got a lot of great set pieces. Just a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel I feel similarly. I'm still not super into Abritus, but it doesn't make me mad the same way that some other boss fights do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good because it'd be such an easy fix. Like, it's this one thing I don't like. Um, yeah. And it even feels like a glitch. Like, getting hit twice there even feels like something that wasn't intended. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm more willing to forgive it. Um, but it's just, like, one of my favorite designs. You know, it just goes further towards, you know making me make up for or like like it in spite of the problems mm-hmm. um with the fight and then the area leading up to it's one of my favorite in the game i love this like hidden in plain sight i love the idea of this cosmic entity in the basement of a church like affecting it mm-hmm. um all those things like there's just a lot to love uh here yeah so th- this you know this does it for me as an area quite a bit it's one of my favorite it's up there with with you know kane hurst yeah it's it's funny because for as well integrated as as this is and kind of the broader story of uh, of bloodborne so much of this area, specifically the bosses, um, feels like it's out of a different game. And Bloodborne is a game that contains multiples, you know, in terms of in terms of theme, in terms of appearance. Um, you know, the the the, the story kind of spans all these different things. And the fact that this is a terminus of something so so optional that again feels like you're walking into something different. Um, I don't know. It feels really satisfying to me. Yeah, very good. I, mean, I think I think we're just all in agreement that we dig it. Um, yeah, next time, what are we doing, Cole? Well, next time we're going to uh, have another one of our special episodes about uh, about a movie, Gary. We're going to be yeah. uh, watching and discussing The Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah, a, uh, a movie I've never seen, but a lot of people said that uh, Bloodborne takes a lot of its kind of visual iconography to it from it. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to having a uh, just kind of like a lot of uh, a wolf stuff. <laughs> one of those wolf movies. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by, I believe, uh, I want to, I want to confirm this or confirm his name. The same guy who uh, directed the Silent Hill movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there, there there's a little bit of a, a video video game connection there. Um, and for yes, Christoph Gans. Um, uh, for for as flawed as the Silent Hill movie was, um, it was visually striking. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Ooh, also, uh, Christoph Gans directed a movie called uh, Necronomicon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's supposed to be really bad. I think that's an anthology. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be weirdly salacious and sexy. Yeah. Um, I don't know that to be the case, but I, I my vague memory yeah. of that. Oh, but it does have a film, a film adaptation of one of my favorite Lovecraft stories, Cool Air. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably like Cool Air, but with like, you know, lots of dumb monsters. Yep. <laughs> if uh, if it's part of the, if it's the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, Cool Air is good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Allison, can you uh, thank you again uh, for joining us? We really appreciate it. Um, I hope that we didn't didn't talk over you or anything. I, oh, I no. apologize if we did. Um, can tell uh, tell people online where they can find you and find your work. Um. Let's see. Well, you can always find my stuff at LegoDarkSouls.tumblr.com. 
um, you can hit me up on Twitter at Allison by Proxy or uh, just hang around the duck feed areas. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Allison is, is, is involved in that stuff. You should, um, if you haven't joined our uh, our Slack channel via our Patreon, if you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, um, you should. It's $2 a month. That's really fun. Yeah. It's a really good community. Um, lots of good discussions going on there. Mm-hmm. New and old. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we can do our admin here. First off, I want to say thank you so much to everybody who came out uh, in our recent Ohio meetups, um, both in Cincinnati and at the Ohio Game Developers Expo. Um, that was a fantastic time. Um, it was yeah. it, it was a, a wonderful weekend. Gary, I know you had to spend a lot of time in airports to get out here, and even that did not put a damper on things. Yeah, two two days. <laughs> two, two, two more or less full days of travel. Um, so it was pretty rough. And um, here, here's a, a uh, one of those uh, Twitter chillers short <laughs> horror short stories for you. Uh, my my right ear still hasn't popped. Oh so, god! Uh, I'm, I'm I'm almost a week after being huh. on the plane, and uh, my right ear is still giving me problems. So I should probably go to a doctor and check that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I don't like going to the doctor, but I probably will. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so the uh, uh, it was amazing, super super fun, and the talk was really fun. You know, big thanks to to Chris. Yeah. Um, from from Kosai, uh, he's not from Kosai. He's from the Ohio Game Developers Expo. Yeah. Um, but uh, who had us out, and I think the talk went really well. It's really fun. You guys will hear it. It will end up being an episode of of this show, mm-hmm. um, at some point. And uh, yeah, I think it was really fun and, and went pretty well. Yeah. Um, we love to uh, love meeting people. Yeah. So that was great. Thanks to everybody who came out. Yeah. Um, we have one other. We have another big community thing coming up, mm-hmm. and then we sleep for like a month. <laughs> But like, yeah, then, then I stop worrying about things in the future for for a little bit. Um, Cole, tell tell them about what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, so beginning on November twentieth, which is my birthday, it is the coming upcoming Saturday or sorry Friday uh, after this episode comes out, we're going to be doing our Duckstream event uh, to benefit the Transactive Gender Center in um, uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Forty eight hours this year, <laughs> doubling it. Inadvisable. Yeah. Inadvisable. <laughs> Two 24-hour sessions starting at 7 p.m. Uh, with the West Coast crew in my my new house with my new roommates and everything. Brayton, and, who's my roommate, and then Nick uh, will still be there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not for the entire time. Yep. I am committed to just being me. So if it gets kind of loopy, <laughs> like if everybody goes to sleep and it's just me like staying up playing Fallout 4, <laughs> welcome to my life. Uh, you know, that might end up happening. But uh, right now we have planned um, – we're doing a full uh, Super Metroid um, episode because mm-hmm. uh, you know that was recently revealed in an interview. Um, that uh, I think in, in video gaming, like Samus Aran might be the first trans character in, in games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, that interview. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yes. Um, where's, yeah. Um, so we're doing that. Um, we're going to do uh, me and Jeremy Greer um, mm-hmm. from the show have uh, the 2015 Chalice Dungeon debate planned <laughs> where he is going to help me get further in Chalice Dungeons and tackle bullshit ones while we simultaneously debate their merits. So a couple hours of him just helping me get through chalices and me explaining why things in chalices are bullshit mm-hmm. and him trying to defend them. <laughs> um, so going back and forth on that. Um, the uh, And then we might just do like a run through of, of Dark Souls 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about doing a pass the controller, you know, mm-hmm. on death run. Um, and for every uh, kind of the gimmick for our leg of it, um, you know, we both kind of have these gimmicks. For our leg, uh, me and Brayton, for every $250 raised total, uh, we're producing a new episode of The Pitch. Mm-hmm. So The Pitch uploaded is coming back for, you know, four to, to 12 episodes or whatever we end up getting. Um, so, yeah. So, the more more pitch. Rather than shave any other part of our body because uh, 
like, you know, we're both single and we don't want to look like idiots. So we're not <laughs> yeah. going to keep each other's faces anymore. Like that's, that's the kind of thing you do in a long-term relationship where you don't, you don't <laughs> care how your, your fleshy man face looks with your gross <laughs> puff lips and stuff. Yeah. I'm not giving up the security beard <laughs> as a single bear. <laughs> <laughs> the um, security beard yeah, but but as as a uh, as as single gary uh, i will donate my time so that is what we're doing mm-hmm. well what are you doing on your end <laughs> well on our end um the goal is to play through as many silent hill games as possible <laughs> um mm-hmm. continuing the theme from last year uh we're, we're picking picking the horror game uh probably gonna throw in a couple of uh distractions in the middle there just so that doesn't get monotonous but um you know that, that that's gonna be uh kind of the goal um, I'm trying to set the uh, f- figure out a, a reasonable amount, but I want to. I'll, I'll be doing the shaving this year. Um, oh, cool! Yep. Hey. So uh, for every X number of dollars, I'm going to do a progressive shaving. So at one point, <laughs> you're going to get to see what I look like with my gross NASCAR mustache. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yep. <laughs> have you guys ever seen a red mustache? <laughs> it's so, the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's probably about it for, for I, stuff. I think so. Um, yeah. ch- check out DuckFeed.tv. We'll have all of the uh, the um, information Info. up there uh, shortly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Allison, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, what should we do, Cole? Well, we should remember that the sky and the cosmos are one. Yeah, into it. Umbasa. Umbasa. Praise the moon. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs> Praise the moon. Thank you. Yeah. Take it. The, um, yeah. All right.